0: Welcome to Novel Not New, a true end podcast, a podcast that's basically treated like a storytelling book club podcast about video games. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and uh, joining me as always, Six Dutmar.
1: Uh, you're getting colder, you know, your intros are like, you you have sort of like, you got closer to like a succinct, accurate description of what we do, and now you're getting further away again.
0: <laughs> Y'all made me giggle before we started, so, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Um, so really,
1: all brain power went out the window. You know how
0: sometimes
2: <laughs> exactly. you know how sometimes people pretend when they're hosting things like, "Oh, I didn't see you there. I was just doing X." That one sounded like we literally caught you doing something else, and you're like, "Uh, novel, not new. Throw the book away. <laughs> <laughs> Sweep that under the table." It's a it's a podcast about novels.
1: You can do outside. Uh, wait, hmm.
0: this is a
2: podcast Excellent you can do are- in your
0: chair. I think we're all doing it in a chair right now. Anyway, uh, joined as well by Olivia Joseph. Hi, I'm Olivia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Olivia's doing it in her chair. Six. (laughs) You said it! You said, I think we're all doing it in our chair.
0: <laughs> yes, like recording a podcast.
2: And then Six and I were silent. I thought we were in on the joke of not acknowledging it and thus acknowledging it. But I guess we're going to push it a little too far this week.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> what have y'all been playing?
1: Mario Party? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on
2: my end. It's fall. It's the season of the witch, you know. You gotta play Umineko. Hell yeah, get those October vibes going. Yeah, so I'm on Umineko chapter four, which is which is where Umineko reaches, like, my favorite part of any long serialized work, where the creator gets kind of bored with what they've been doing so far, and now we just do something radically different. Mm. So Umineko four follows a character who has, like, survived the mysterious deaths of every other character in Umineko, And now 12 years later, she's investigating uh, what the hell happened on the island and what was going on. Um, except it's not really a mystery because uh, one of the witches comes to her and says, yeah, Beatrice has trapped your whole family in a in a board game. <laughs> so uh, you better go stop her. Um yeah it's 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 been pretty good so far i'm i'm obviously still really far in but i like the new character new characters there's kind of a bunch of people getting introduced um this one's very heavy with the themes front and center people have like five different conversations about what truth means in a world where you can be super convinced that one thing is the truth and then learn something else is actually the truth um hmm. yeah and then a lot of stuff about child abuse, because that's what Umineko is, honestly.
1: Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Some of the most affecting stuff from the chapters i played so far is just the relationship between Angie um, and uh, her mother. Just because, like, I feel like Angie is very hard-coded um, Do you mean autistic. Maria? Maria! Maria, that's it. Oh, <laughs> okay, it has been a little bit too long since I last played, so mm-hmm. my name, my brain just switched up names. But uh, yeah, Maria has it pretty rough, and uh, yeah, Chap- it's chapter four. You're gonna learn a lot more about
2: Maria and Rosa's like pre echo life, and then Beatri- and then Beatrice is going to invent catboys. <laughs> so a lot, a lot happening
0: yeah those feel like two very different uh ends of a spectrum there <laughs> how about you six
1: um i don't know i haven't really been doing i mean i've been i've been <sighs> the last time we we tried to record we attempted to record this before i talked a little bit about death stranding um but kind of the joke there was that i've been ignoring the story um and just walking around because it's nice to walk. I like walking. Um, Sicko. And and Death Stranding has the best walking of any game. But, yeah, other than that, I don't have anything I can even pretend fits our theme. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: fair, yeah. Like, uh, last time we tried to record this, mine was uh, Life is Strange True Colors, and uh, I feel like I have a slightly better grasp now on what I was trying to say about it than earlier. Like, it is very much... If you played a Life is Strange game, it is very much along those same lines. It's, um, a very twee representation of, uh, an exaggeration of things that are both, um, realistic and fantastical. Like, uh, your character's whole deal is that she can basically tap into other people's emotions and see the world through their eyes. And, uh, there's a bit where you're basically dealing with a older woman who has Alzheimer's and, uh... Basically the world around her when you're tapping into her brain has like all of the letters are jumbled up or things just aren't where they're supposed to be or just people are disappearing entirely and uh, yeah it's not as I I would say it's not as good at tackling those sorts of topics as something like Psychonauts 2 which made me cry a bunch of times but uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's still something about that sort of twee approach in Life is Strange that I kind of enjoy. I, I don't like the term guilty pleasure because it implies that there's something wrong with you for liking this but I don't know I kind of like it when it's just there's something fun about the weird lingo that they use that no one else would use in real life or it's like oh I'm gonna go ahead and get into a lesbian romance with this uh indie um, record store owner and uh, just see where that goes and that's kind of a fun thing to play through, but uh, yeah, other than that stuff, I feel like it does a decent job with a getting you invested in these this small town and the people inhabiting it, and uh, by the time shit is happening, you definitely feel engaged with the rest of the town and uh, pretty determined to sort some shit out, which is always nice. I am scared to play the prologue that just came out for it, just because they have they have a little bit of backstory for that uh, record store owner as you're exploring the town, and it mentions some stuff about uh, how the it's basically implying that uh, she is trans, and I'm worried that. Like with most AAA big budget games, it's going to really fuck up the trans representation there, but uh, I did like that character, so I guess I'm going to head on in and hope I'm not putting my hand on top of a stove.
1: You could also just not.
0: (laughs) That is true, but I did like that character, so I I guess I could look up and find out more things before I just jump in.
1: I mean, you know, you you have to you have to go with your your gut on this one, or your heart, or whatever. How does the heart be your guiding key? You Sora, and Smash, Sora. Sora and Smash, Sora
2: and Smash, Sora and Smash.
1: Yeah. I had a friend be like, "I've figured out why I'm not excited about Sora and Smash. It's because Sora's a really good fit." And I'm like, "You're dumb."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want them to choose someone who makes everyone angry. That's what I want them to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's there there is more like no, it just sort of mechanically makes sense. Whereas I have the most fun when they're like, "We're gonna add Kazuya. How the fuck is that gonna work?" And it's like, okay, that's fair, I guess. But I I like Sora. I'm, I'm
0: Sora in and mechanic. Smash. Donald and Goofy not in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Donald and Goofy so not in Smash that they replace their portraits. And uh... I I have seen an edit where they have like the
2: the big stained glass art. And they had to replace Donald and Goofy. And with this <laughs> and this one, it's Duck Hunt Dog with the dog and the Duck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Nintendo also released an official promo image of Sora hanging out with the, the Duck Hunt Dog. So, Yeah, baby, <laughs> They know what they're doing.
2: Uh-huh.
0: But yeah, I mean, now that Sora, we put a... <laughs> uh someone someone out there is writing a comment like yet another sword person god damn it <laughs> it's not a sword it's a key
1: well it's a key blade it's a
0: key, <laughs> it's, a key, key
1: blade. it's much some of them.
2: okay i would honestly say a key blade is much more of a key than it is a blade
1: it has i mean it depends on the key. i'm with the kingdom key i think that's, that's the relatively key fair. blade He does cut things with it, though.
0: Does he? Or does he induce blunt force trauma by hitting them over and over again with a giant metal key?
1: No, Jen. In the final fight of Kingdom Hearts 2, when you're fighting against Xemnas, you have the reaction command to cut the buildings in half.
2: What if he just smashed the buildings in half, but, like, really (laughs)
0: finely, you know?
1: No, I don't know, actually. I believe that's known as cutting. (laughs)
0: Anyway, now that we've put a definitive timestamp stamp on this podcast so everyone knows exactly when we recorded this.
1: No, we're always, we're permanently excited about Sora and Smash. We'll talk about it yeah. next step, too, which we're definitely not recording later today. I'm gonna talk about- I don't know why you'd I'm have that I'm gonna
2: talk idea. about Sora and Smash next episode, just to spite you both.
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm down as long as I remember, which I will not.
2: I don't even play Smash. I'm just happy for Sora.
0: I don't even go here. <laughs> but yeah, we're... The game we're discussing today is um, Four Horsemen, um, a visual novel by Nuclear Fission Software. Um was released in April of 2017 on both uh, Itch and Steam. And uh, yeah, it's basically a game where you're playing these four teenagers... Um, Whose origin you more or less determine when you're starting the game. Um, They are. They have basically. Well, most of them have. um, are refugees from a specific um, other country and are living in a new country that is overwhelmingly hostile to them. And uh, you're basically dictating their schedule for each day and each evening um basically getting shit done in the day and uh at nighttime mostly building things or cooking food together or just uh smoking weed and looking at a wall because they and uh yeah
2: because they have this base
0: in, in like an old
2: uh an old like gun bunker that they have found outside of town and it's like their hideout that they build things in Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and the overarching theme here is that basically that uh green we're we're basically going to refer to all these characters by their colors because their names also change depending on where you choose um green basically sees these four seals on a wall and says that um they can spend their time breaking them but uh some serious shit will go down if all four seals are breached and uh You basically spend multiple playthroughs, um, doing your best to breach each, each seal and, uh, learn more about these characters and, uh, the shit they're going through. Mm -hmm.
2: Each seal being, like, kind of an ending tied to one of the characters, and so our reference, our reference Mm -hmm. points for them are, like, uh, our reference points for referring to the characters in terms of colors are also the corresponding
0: seal, um,
1: And also the color, like, their names are in a certain color on Mm -hmm. the text and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Names and outfit. And eyes, I think, also.
2: Like, I know purple has purple Hmm. eyes. At least in all of the... Oh, right. In all
1: of... As far as outfits... No, I was just
2: saying, in in all the... I think I played, like, four different countries of origin, and in all of them, purple had purple eyes. I think... I think Hmm. I think everyone basically had... The color that they were associated with
1: yeah i think that's true uh, as far as outfit though i mean i guess purple has purple on their outfit it's often pretty low-key yeah it's just i guess slight patterns on the white no nah, you're right okay pink fair is, enough uh
2: you know, pink is pink hair or like a pink streak in her yeah. hair
1: and like is wearing like a light pink blouse mm-hmm. and pink eyes so anyway colors <laughs> I, think, um, I
2: think we should like the way um and i'm nervous about this because this is where my internet started to crap out the first time we tried to record this but i was thinking that we should do like because because we had some problems with like root completion i was thinking we should do kind of like a quick rundown on all on the four characters and like a brief rundown of all of their seals and then did anyone get the true ending i was still not able to trigger it
1: no, I got all f- I broke all four seals and then played for quite a while in my playthrough after that and I just there's just no hint as to what the fuck I should be doing so
0: yeah, yeah this is the this is the first time in this podcast where none of us were able to like see the true ending well, unless you count Woki, but that was like a part one part two deal anyway uh <laughs> this game isn't the clearest when it comes to um, how to complete each route so Fortunately we were the delay actually kinda of worked out in our favor just because it allowed me to see the route I was missing, and I think the same was true for both uh Olivia and six, but uh yeah none of us got to that true ending. I actually had to study a lot and was not able to play anymore. <laughs> so That's okay. Yeah. I just have the know. endings that I have. I
1: mean the th- I mean the thing is, we invested a fair bit of time. This game is staggeringly obtuse.
2: Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we can talk, like... I think once we get the basics now, we can talk more in details about the specific way that is it is obtuse. But, like, um, yeah, there's a lot of RNG involved. Um, I didn't know how to skip, so I was pretty miserable. A lot of going through, like, scenes I'd already seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of just like trying to trigger random events or just kind of poke around at things trying to see what will trigger one ending. Uh, and it was it was a bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. We, maybe the first this is the first game at least in my memory where we have all compared notes about how to like trigger certain plot lines, you know?
1: Yeah, I I sometimes I feel like most often you two will will shoot some stuff in the in the in the group chat. And I am worried about like burning pot, and so I mostly stay mm-hmm. quiet. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> speak up. when I'm like, I don't know how to fucking do this.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, did we want to each like um, trade off talking about characters just so that uh, one of us isn't talking for too long while we're running down the characters?
2: Yeah. Um.
0: Sure. I guess I could. I could start with pink.
2: Okay.
1: Okay, Pink is the easiest, yeah. I feel like.
2: So, Pink is basically, like, the tinker of the group. Um, she's kind of interested in, like, um, engineering and mechanics and building things. She's kind of like the techie one. She is the little brother to... Or, she's the little sister to Blue. Um, they are related. And she in, in-game, she's basically, like, the one who builds all the stuff for the kids' forts for the kids' fort once uh, the others kind of like get the materials. Um, and so her route involves her talking to um, her friend uh, on her laptop. Kind of like a long distance friend that lives back in their country of origin. And is kind of like, I think implied to be slightly older, like in college has a lot of the same mechanical interests. Um, and it through kind of like talking with this friend whose life is like implied to be like more prosperous and stable than her. Um, Pink kind of like has a crisis about her own future in this country where like her ability to go to college after she finishes high school is really in doubt because of her citizenship status. Um, And then it takes a turn into like magical realism (laughs) where it turns out that they never actually got Wi-Fi in their bunker. And so the friend that Pink has been talking to is not a real person, but is kind of like a psychic projection of her life as she imagines it could go if she was able to stay in her home country. And the other three riders have to like delve into they have to like jump into the mystic realm of her computer and fight uh, Pink's friend and her two fr- and her three friends who turn out to be like weird shadow versions of themselves And they basically all have to kind of, like, reaffirm their friendship and desire to stay together, even if the future at times seems really bleak and doesn't look like they can do anything about their future. But they're able to kind of, like, beat this projection of the friend and, like, free her hold on Pink's mind. Um, It's implied that they, like, are able to stop her from self-harming or possibly worse. And things are, are basically okay with Pink. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I was, wor- I was like- worried that you two couldn't hear me again. <laughs> no, no we can you're hear fine. you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like Persona without the homophobia. Well,
2: there's a bit of homophobia,
0: but it's it's grounded in one of the
2: shadow projections and not in the, like, authorial voice.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Per- Purple's double does a lot of calling him, like, gay for basically not, um,. Owning up directly to his crush on Pink.
1: Yeah. That's... <laughs> that one feels very... It feels very different from the other roots and other endings. Um, partially in that it feels like, you know, it feels a little rude to say this since it's, you know, the fate of some, someone's like, you know, sanity or whatever, but it feels really low stakes comparatively. Um, and also has this whole supernatural thing that is not present anywhere else in the game, except for, you know, I guess the seals and perhaps in the true I, ending. But. I
2: actually kind of felt like there was a lot of similarities between it and Blue's ending where like, yeah, because like, hmm. there's kind of like a turn. We'll talk about it later, but there's a turn that happens in Blue's ending where things kind of like events occur that are kind of constructed in a way that feels unreal in a way that's kind of like making a thematic point about the world in the same way that like happens in pink's ending even though nothing explicitly supernatural happens there there are some things that are like just bizarre like characters who show up and sprites who show up like being different characters and playing different roles um and i think i think somebody Mm -hmm. in Bluesroot explicitly says the term magical realism but i think both it and pink's ending kind of like share that that kind of strange turn in them
1: yeah I guess that's fair I didn't I, I don't know I, I think at the end they kind of cut the weirdness of of blues the kind of talk talk away at it but mm-hmm. even then it kind of doesn't it really take away the feeling um, which I guess I'll take I'll take blue um, blue is the uh, the anti-authority butch of the group um and her route is basically that she's the person who goes shopping whenever they need stuff for uh paint to tinker with and um very quickly you get to a position where anytime you buy something you have to take the bus home and a a person who looks very much like blue but is a different is the is is like you know native to the country you're in and so because of this also like can easily look exactly and have the same name as you from a different playthrough, right? A different blue. Yeah, it's like literally um, the
2: same sprite with like minor skin tone mm-hmm. changes.
1: Yeah, and uh, starts, starts basically uh, threatening you and harassing you, and the it starts to become some like escalation and brinksmanship where you get a knife, and then you get a taser, and finally uh, after finding... A buried bullet with the other blues name on it uh crafting a a one shot uh you know like homemade gun wait is a zip it, gun
0: is it the is it the other person's name or is it their own name because I feel like uh they spend a lot of time talking about how she was looking for the bullet that had her own name on yeah. it.
1: She's looking for the bullet that has her own name on it, but when she actually gets it it's the yeah other she
0: person. has a, she um. has a dream about
2: finding bullets with the names of like everyone that she owns. Or not everyone that she knows Everyone that she knows on them And um, she is like convinced That the bullet with her name on it Is buried in the bunker in the real world But it turns out to be the other girl's name And I think they explicitly say That the other girl found a bullet with her
1: name on it Yeah Yes yeah. Yes. So. Um. And so yeah it comes to a final showdown Where they're both you know Have, have these homemade guns at each other's head With bullets with each other's names on them Um, and if you go for the, the better of the two endings, I I guess I should also say there's the old lady who is like the bitter old lady from, from the home country who is always there to egg on any, any hostilities. Um, and she shows up and is like, just do it. Just pull the trigger. Um, and obviously there's a bad ending where you do it and that's not great. Um, the good ending is you're like, well, now that adults are telling me to do it, it's not cool anymore. And it is revealed that this was the world's strangest sting operation. Um. Yeah, there's like a cop on the other girl's side, and
2: then the older lady on Blue's side, and like they're like implied they'll have like engineered this conflict so that one of them will like kill the other, or maybe they'll both kill mm-hmm. each other, and so they could arrest yeah. the
1: other. Or well, something. Is, yeah, they're they're. But this they're is both the magical cops, realism so.
2: thing to me is like it's it's about how like it's about how, like, the different, the hostile communities kind of, like, reproduce the resentment in the y- younger generation, but, like, very literal, you know?
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: and Ahi also shows up in, um, other routes as, uh, a a shitster in terms of trying to get you in trouble. Like, um, when Purple's working at the shop, she'll appear once and be like, hey, could you just slip this to me over the table? And, uh, <laughs> It's obvious that if you do that's her getting you in a sting operation too so
1: yeah she's just she's just I think it's not run detective she is just an undercover cop trying to trying to set people up
2: yeah and often like preying on like the shared nationality between her and the kids um
1: mm-hmm. there's also a magical realism element like just to the idea of that someone would go through the effort to sneaking into other people's, like, hideaways and homes and burying bullets with names yeah. on them is pretty unhinged.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. why I say they have this, like, both endings have this kind of, like, touch of yeah. unreality in them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I could have seen it come to a, a close, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Jen, who do you want?
0: Um, I guess I'll talk about Purple because, uh, I already was somewhat mentioning him. Like, uh, Purple is the only, uh, documented one in the group. Um, he basically fled here with his father who, whenever you visit him, he's very much implying that he did some shit to get us there. Some shit that you will never see in the paper, in his words. And, uh... Yeah, you just end up talking a lot with your father, mostly in a detached way as he's just like, hey, you seeing any girls lately? Or, hey, things are kind of fucked, huh? Ha ha ha. But, uh, but there's a bit where he... Overtime. Oh, there's just,
2: like that bit where he describes how like the two countries might like uh, have a war again soon because it's like a rogue military unit. And he's like, this is going to kick ass. I love this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's not a very good person. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you basically, once you get a job um, as Purple and you are, you're you're basically getting talked down to by the shop owner while you're still trying to, quote unquote, make something of yourself, um, you eventually get to a conversation with your father where you're like, hey, dad, it would be possible for me to one day, like, I I would like to... uh, I don't know, settle down, make something here and suddenly the dad gets really serious and says, as soon as you plant roots here, you're no longer a guest, you're an invader to these people and uh, eventually you can basically push Purple to have a shouting match with his dad about that. The next day, the dad's like, oh yeah, I've just sold our apartment and we're gonna, we're basically gonna be flying out tomorrow, so pack your bags and say goodbye to everyone. But uh, yeah, once it's time to leave, you can basically hold your ground and be like, no, I'm staying here. Um, You go and have your own life while I have mine with my friends. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a way that that ends in a happier way, but it was a sad ending for me where basically Purple runs to Pink and basically cries in her arms for a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know exactly how it played for you. The very end was the same, but you kind of – there's kind of a good there, – there's a bit of a good tone to it, I felt, uh, where it's like you're having this conversation with your dad about, like, hey, I'm not going to leave. And you're like, hey, you're leaving because, like, if we're going to stay here, some of the shit you've done is going to catch up with you. It, if we're in a position where you're, like, running away from consequences of things you did, they're just going to keep coming. So doesn't it make more sense for you to go and for me to stay here? You know, I'll, I'll come find you when I'm older. And your dad's like, yeah, that makes sense. So, like, it is sad because he's separated from his dad. But at least in the ending I got, it's like, this will ultimately be for the best. And there doesn't seem to be any bad blood between them.
0: Yeah, that's how it went for me, too.
1: and i guess that just leaves us with green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the ending
1: that i still couldn't trigger, so
2: oh, Well, so you okay.
1: can do the you can do the bad ending and i'll transition and i'll take over and say the the other version. Yeah, of that's fair. Have. So uh
2: green is he is like
1: the
2: it the actual substance that he smokes changes depending on your the country of origin <laughs> that you pick. Um but you know, he's like a stoner type. Um he also has this very kind of like contradictory like nihilist slash like humanist streak and that he's the character who will most often be like listen guys everything's fucked and it's it's totally ruined and uh, don't even worry about trying to make a future because everything's fucked and also kind of like the person who will often be like touchy-feely with other people and be like come on we can make it as like you know like a group together um But basically, as you kind of, like, do things throughout the game, you'll get these scenes that kind of, like, where, like, some shit will happen to the characters and the game will flash the words like, this is bullshit, one of five, right? And kind of, like, as these accumulate and you build certain things in the, uh, in the bunker, um, you'll eventually get to a scene where, like, um the like all the writers kind of like go over the shit that has happened to them and talk about like we should do something about this right because we shouldn't have to live like this and like you know have our classmates like um treat us like garbage or like have to work you know have to like beg for a job at the hardware store only to get paid like ten dollars a day um or like um or, like, not be able to, like, um, tell anybody about, like, the time we got attacked or else we'll be suspected. Um, and, so, and I was never able to get farther with that because I, I, every time I would just get kind of, like, shunted into a bad ending. Which is that, like, the writers start planning to, like, invite some of the other kids in their class over to the bunker. In order to have, like, a a party to basically, like, improve their relations with the rest of the kids in in the town. And then uh, instead a cop shows up and kind of, like, busts up the whole bunker under, you know, like, suspicion of, you know, kind of a very thin suspicion of them being, like, a drug trafficking site, you know. Um, So he you know the cop kind of like busts up all the stuff that they built one by one and the kids can't do anything to stop him and then they get like locked out of the bunker because it's declared an unsafe property and that's like obviously a very bad end Um, and I Mm -hmm. wasn't able to figure out like how to get past that so.
1: So unfortunately as far as like giving guidance I've done all of these routes to various degrees multiple times trying to figure mm-hmm. out other routes and so like the exact chain of events i don't have down pat mm-hmm. you know um but basically there's a way like the cop is going to come no matter what um but there's a version of it where sort of halfway through you kind of get him to be like haven't you done enough and he'll mm-hmm. leave um so you don't get shot out of the bunker uh from that point it proceeds to um you start you start doing the protest um green starts like chaining himself to like a flagpole yeah um what, for the protests
0: one thing that should be mentioned also um between the, one of the reasons why you start doing the protest in the first place is uh like during the course of this ending the um a far right ultranationalist party um ends up taking over the government ends up getting elected so Shit gets way worse for your characters and that's what um, pushes them to start protesting.
1: hmm. Um, so Green starts, you know, uh like tying himself to the to the to the flagpole for protesting. Um one of these times he does it, a kid throws rocks at him until he's like bloody and, and basically hospitalized. Um so you start doing more active protest downtown. Um uh it comes out through some through uh, a conflict with some some right-wing assholes that uh pink and blue's dad was a real piece of work the nature of which depends on your country but basically like he's either a terrorist or like a spy or like a, a really bloodthirsty like general or you know something like that some sort of of war criminal generally um and you start to have your doubts about the, the protest, but you keep at it. And then, um, the like, you show up one day for the protest. And, of course, as, as it is, Green stayed overnight. And the protest has been, like, tear-gassed and everyone's gone. Um, pink and Blue are still around. And they're like, wow, that really sucked. But Green is just missing. Um, and you end up hiding out in the bunker for a while. Uh, at which point you happen to see on you happen to make gain a t- TV in that time until then you don't have a TV and you see on the news uh green is on the news green was an undercover cop who was sort of goading you into doing the protest so that they could crack down on on the anti-nationalist sentiment um and uh yeah then <sighs> They sort of they come to you to sort of try and like force you out of the bunker. are supposed to be like a negotiation. Um, Green basically attempts to get you to kill him because he's sort of got this weird like self-sacrifice messiah complex guilt. Um, obviously, for the good ending, you don't kill him. Um, and then uh, there's sort of a a standoff where you have to present your demands. Um, and the good ending is you do things to raise your approval so that you can add demands like you know hey treat us fairly and you know like don't you know keep the cops out of our neighborhood all these all these demands of equal treatment and the 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 cops are like that seems fair and then in the actual ending it's like well actually of course we just said that shit to, said that shit to play nice we're not really going to you know let you have all this and then Two rich, rich foreigners walk up. One like in a fur coat, and they're like, "Hi, we're the UN. They better, they better follow their terms of the deal, or we're gonna sanction them."
0: Wait, what? Happy
1: ending. Oh, did you not get. You didn't get the really good ending, huh? I got a,
0: I got a good ending. And basically, what happened there instead is that uh, the two people who matched your description were just um, international bloggers, and uh, they were still like. Yeah, you raise enough awareness so that uh, the cops can't bother you anymore, but, uh, like, we, we can help you out, just give us a call. And they basically, <laughs> and you're basically like, okay, what can you do for us? And they're like, well, we can basically interview you, and that's not going to do much, but uh, hey, it's, it'll, raise, it'll raise awareness, uh, see you later. And then- uh,
1: Maybe it depends on the countries involved, <laughs> the homelands because um, yeah with mine it was just like hey we're from the UN they better hold up their end of the bargain or they're going to get crushed by international like international like taxes and stuff they'll get like international trade plans <laughs> it's just like it's very absurd yeah, this um,
2: one of, I think this is a good segue into like one of the bizarre things about this game is there's such a mix of like some very like um pe- like some very pessimistic and also like shockingly optimistic like turns of the plot you know like mm-hmm. um there's like several parts of the game where it'll be like oh this entire country is just like a frothing hive of like armed racists like out to kill you uh but also if you're standing in an alley with a cop and a gun and the cop tells you to shoot a girl and you don't do it the cop will be like damn Maybe next time I'll get you to uh, commit violence and then
1: just, like, walk away. Yeah, you, you, you say the word, huh, this feels like entrapment. And the cops are like, damn. <laughs> damn. Well, you win this the one, cop kid. The <laughs> like
2: a demon whose true name has been spoken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like... It definitely
2: tries to... Oh, I, like, I feel like there's a version of this where that works better because where the game is more obviously playing in, like, a space of, of metaphor you know but i feel like in the version of the game that exists we didn't really hit that and so it feels it feels like you're supposed to take all these events literally and thus they feel really bizarre mm-hmm. like our friend was an undercover cop
1: yeah i mean like that honestly to me the whole green arc feels like i mean of course there's going to be a true end that none of us saw but it feels like the like sort of the, the main real like story of the game it's so much longer than the other routes so much more happens um but yeah at the end of that best ending at least with the un it's literally like your characters being like well i guess we're full citizens now when like all of our problems are permanently solved it's like mm-hmm. really
0: <laughs> i think this must be like a tongue-in-cheek element to that like but it's it's awkward because they do that and then they also they they flip between that sort of um sarcastic ridiculousness and also just some real shit like characters will come up to you and say some awful real world shit to you or they'll say it behind your back or you'll have a teacher that's like now now calm down class we can't treat we have to be nice to the enemy here and things like that and it's just an interesting mix of uh shit that feels like it's ripped from real life and uh things that go for a more out there interpretation like
2: i i can't imagine the stuff about the un is 100 percent genuine given that like the other the only other time like the idea of like an international community you know in quotes showed up in my playthrough was like purple's dad talking about how like the war is going to be great for great for the economy because of all the international aid money that's going to flow in. And he says that really sarcastically, mm-hmm. but like from the way, mm-hmm. like from the way you've described it, that UN stuff and the green route comes in at
1: the end. And that's like the emotional climax. Um. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's tongue in cheek about how quickly they're wrapping things up to me, but like the actual bit at the end, the conversation about like, wow, we can now choose whether we want to, whether we're like it just becoming, you know, like full members of this new nation, or of the of our of our new home, or like carrying on our old tradition, or just being something else entirely. And the way that conversation unfolds does not feel at all tongue in cheek to me.
0: Yeah, th- this is also a game where there's a respectability score, and uh, if you happen to raise it above a certain point, you purple can have another talk with his dad, and it's like. Dad, what's respectability? And he's like, "Yeah, well, son, it's a good thing to have, and uh, yeah, it's good to strive for." And <laughs> Purple's like, "No, wait, what? Actually, what does it do?" And Purple Dad's like, "Well, it does jack shit, but uh, you better if hope it gets
1: it... low enough they'll kill you." But
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it gamifying elements like that, and then just having conversations like, "Yeah, this means nothing," or like within Pink where if you're really giving yourself into this ai you'll just get a bunch of you'll get quote-unquote the best sword in the game or a million dollars or things like that it's uh constantly blurring the line between reality and fiction in a way that's often interesting but uh can somewhat um it can somewhat soften the tone when they go for some real shit sometimes i think like sometimes Mm. it works for me
2: and sometimes it doesn't
0: at all work because like
2: the respectability thing that that part kind of like works for me and how blunt it is. Um, but then like in the green and as far as I was able to get in the green route, there's a conversation they have where they're like, you know, shit sucks around here. What can we do about it? And then green goes like, well, when a marginalized group in society is uh, really mistreated, they can, and then, you know, capital letters protest to raise capital letters awareness and, to, like, you know, and he kind of describes this, like, really liberal theory of political change where, you know, you just protest enough until everyone has to recognize the problems and then we fix it. And that felt really, like, tongue-in-cheek. And so then to find out that, like, mechanically that is the thing that you have to do to, like, progress the route and something that, like, results in mm-hmm. real tangible consequences within the game feels like it's undercutting the tone of that same
1: scene, you know? Yeah. Do you know how I got really high support? How would you do that? I played uh, pop songs every day. Every day, if you came downtown, we were just playing pop songs. I had a support rating of four hundred percent. the The population of of the country not only universally thought we were great, they would have voted each and every one of us president.
2: Yeah, which <laughs> which feel like. I, you can have a four hundred percent approval rating. No way that is intended to be like a hundred percent like self serious, but at the same time it, it undercuts itself. But a lot. then
1: it got hundred percent right, but then like but then at the end of the day, like they gassed us because they were terrified we were gonna overthrow their regime through our sheer popularity. And then even then, after they did all this stuff to demonize us, the UN walked in and was be like, Everyone else in the world thinks you're amazing. Is very sloppy, it, it frankly. It feels
2: very, like, imprecise, is what I would say. Like, I'm. Mm-hmm. You're going for something. I'm not sure what you're going for, or, like. And because of, like, the very conflicting ways in which your ideas have been expressed
0: throughout this, you know? Yeah, totally. And, uh. One of the. I think some of that rubbed me the wrong way even harder just because, like, I just found myself, uh, like, brute-forcing some of this game sometimes just because some of it relies on RNG and other times it's just because you're not entirely sure where to go. Uh, This game has... This game doesn't really meet the review threshold on steam to have like any sort of ranking and that also means that uh, there's no guides for it so no walkthroughs of other players uh going through certain routes so there were definitely times when myself and the rest of this cat the rest of uh, our podcast were basically banging our heads against this thing trying to figure out where to go next and uh, i feel like if it wasn't as obtuse it would be so much easier to recommend because I think this game's often funny and often interesting. Like I love the art style by Yasmin Omarada. Like uh, the characters are all really well rendered. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I
2: had a, uh, I wanted to like, like let's, let's make like a synecdoche of the games obtuseness by talking about the junkyard. Right. So like, yeah. One of the things you can do every day is, like, go dumpster diving, right? And you, mm-hmm. you'll you click on that. You know, it's usually green who goes dumpster diving. Sometimes purple is there. Um, but you'll, like, dumpster dive and find, like, a random thing. And sometimes that thing can be used to build stuff back at the base. And sometimes it's useless. And it seems incredibly random. Um, I had a playthrough where I think the RNG glitched. And I was just getting, like, the same five things from the junkyard over and over again. Um, And until there is, like, a random event that, like, there's a random event that can trigger where you get locked out of the junkyard for the rest of the playthrough. And given that Mm -hmm. getting certain components, certain randomly generated components in the junkyard are essential for progressing certain storylines,
1: that is... Now, you can still get them by doing the protest and then using the donation box at the protest, but you would need the materials to make the donation box, which guess how you get those. You
2: would also, (laughs) I think, need to make the megaphone, right? So, like, that's two things that you need to build in order to, you know, get the opportunity to get junk materials in a different way from just, like, the junkyard that you can do from the start of the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And And there are some mechanics where they somewhat mitigate that uh, repetitiveness. Like uh, after you complete Green's uh, ending once, or maybe just because I had the true end unlocked and available. um, Like all I had to do was check uh, Shitter, this um, game's uh, version of Twitter. And they saw what happened in my. These characters saw what happened in my other playthrough. And suddenly their This Is Bullshit meter was uh, maxed out in the same way. But uh
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's just green's ending you don't need trending for that
0: okay yeah they they definitely do some some allowance of okay we're not going to make you go through this entire thing again which makes it all the more frustrating when sometimes they do just make you go through all those steps again like
2: i was having a Mm -hmm. lot of trouble getting the purple ending and we talked about this a lot and eventually what what turned what it seemed was happening was in order to get purple's ending you had to see a specific scene from pink's route but in the file i was on i hadn't done pink's route yet because this was my second file after i got locked out of the junkyard on my original route so i had to like go and start pink's ending in order to trigger a specific scene to like help get purple's ending and i think that is what eventually allowed me to get purple's ending but it was like never i had no reason to believe that the events that happened in these seals were like um you know dependent on each other in that way because you know the other ending that i'd gotten hadn't done that yet and it didn't seem like green was related to that so yeah just very it it was very complicated design. And now I'm thinking that maybe the reason I had so much trouble getting Green's ending was because of like a flag in a, in another route that I didn't do, you know, on that file. Mm-hmm.
1: May- yeah, it's and it's it's also frustrating because like looking at like comments on on the on the itch page because the only two sources of information for this game I found are comments on the itch page and the uh, Steam like discussions for the game, which are very minimal Mm -hmm. um and it's just like there's a lot more like there's the true ending obviously there's also apparently a route for another character named eris um i i don't know how to find any of that there's literally no clue there's no like now that i've gotten the true end it's not like there's a true end symbol on choices because that's the only thing you have to guide you with for going for the various seals is that some choices will be like, oh, this one has the green seal on it, so presumably it will help me head towards the green mm-hmm. seal ending. Um, I feel like this game is infuri- infuriatingly obtuse, and like I get that like a small game like this, there must not have been a lot of playtesting, right? That's understandable. But I feel like it really gets in the way of the game.
2: Yeah. I feel like even, I feel like there are some, there are some, definitely some decisions that are made with regards to, like, progression and stuff like that, that I think could be, it should have been, I think, ironed out in the planning process. You know, like, um, I, I can't, I, I'm still kind of shocked about the junkyard thing and, like, how annoying that is. And also with Purple's mm-hmm. job, like... The, you know maybe maybe i just should have known how to skip through dialogue but god is it really frustrating to click through <laughs> the same like handful of scenes every single time because um, there's really only like i want to say like eight at a maximum number of scenes that you can have at purple's job and then but then hmm. you know uh i think this is a thing that country of origin influences but like purple in my files was getting paid like ten dollars a day so I had to do so much grinding of the job scenes.
1: Yeah, it's possible to get 15 with a, with uh-huh. different origins. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is this is the example that that really stuck Jennifer for a while. I got to experience it yesterday. Um there is um you have to build the megaphone and part of that is you have to get like a smashed guitar amp, which you have to get through dumpster diving. And in my struggles to try and get the true ending, I'm like, maybe I'll just build everything there is to build. Maybe that'll do something. Uh no. Um and so I was trying to build the megaphone and I ran into the same problem of Jen, where I spent in game a literal year dumpster diving to try and find that fucking thing and didn't get it. Uh, don't worry, it only took another hundred and twenty days after that. <sighs> year.
0: Yeah. It's just one thing I will say though is that I realized that I was approaching it the wrong way because it's not dumpster diving that you get that through. It's by clicking release your aggression on the dumpster and. Uh,
1: oh, you have. Oh, yeah, you do have to do that once, but that doesn't. That I I think that changes the possibility space. Like what can drop? I think. Oh,
0: weird! Because every time I release my aggression on the dumpster, the item I needed it precisely came out.
1: I was only ever to do that once a run. Yeah,
0: I only... I
2: only, I didn't have, like, release your aggression multiple times. It was just, like...
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't either. But, like, every time... The one time I did it, it always gave me the smash guitar amp I needed. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Uh, As we say, very obtuse game. Playing
2: this game, I really realized, like, how much I take for granted, like, being able to just Google solutions to to things in games that i don't immediately grok you know like Mm -hmm. it's and when you get a game like this which just like doesn't have the the kind of like reach for to to like get those kinds of guides written for it it's it's difficult yeah my brain's not lit up enough
1: um I do however one thing I, I want to say in in the game's favor that we haven't mentioned is the way like depending on your origin you get different versions of these characters, right? And the way the other you realize over time that the other versions are just popping up in scenes. Like the assholes who come to the store are just they could have been playable characters if you picked a different origin. It's just it's the same sort of pool of people and I think that's really effective.
2: I I actually didn't feel great about that once I noticed it. Because I, I think it hmm. implicitly contributes to this idea that is, like... I, I think it contributes to this kind of, like, universalism in the tone, which is just, like, you know, the specifics... And this is something I also wanted to talk about, that, like, there's this sense in the game that, like, the specifics don't really matter... As far as these countries, you know, you can pick many different countries and I don't know exactly how many off the top of my head, but like what changes is really kind of like cosmetic stuff in the game. Um, it's not, it's not core really to the game's writing or, or plot, like what country you came from. And I think that, and especially having the, the other playable characters of kids, I think it... It, it makes this kind of implicit argument that, like, you know, your kids would be, you know, the kids that you're playing would be exactly as racist and xenophobic where they, like, where the tables simply turned, you know? And, you know, the country that you're living in now, if those people had to come to your country, which was the prosperous one, you know, the same things would happen and you would be the perpetrators too. And I think, and that is truly not something i agree with because it is like a counterfactual that just doesn't exist in our world you know like would like what would the world be like if you know people who lived in the united states had to like migrate to mexico to get jobs like that just doesn't exist um so to kind of like have that in there is i think it kind of i think that kind of narrative largely exists to like let people off on the behavior that they You know the like xenophobia and racism that they portray in real life with the idea that you know you would do the same if you were in my shoes and to me that's what having the kids the other playable versions of the kids showed up implies
1: i understand that reading i think the way i took it was was more a consideration of like look this is like this is the like the toxic influence of like like nationalist culture like it, I don't think it's inevitable that these characters are like this, and I do I do think having like, without exception, any playable character you are not playing is a piece of garbage kind of does sort of lean more towards what you're saying. But I think it sort of is to drive home like, hey, like you just auto- you probably you just automatically think you're one of the good ones. but like a lot of people who you think of are as decent people, are are actually quite, you know, like xenophobic or racist or toxic, you know, like the the way the culture pushes you towards this is not an excuse, but it also is not a thing you can ignore.
0: Yeah. And it it also demonstrates how um, like part of what's going on here is uh just the way that uh the media, the education um the educational materials everything is like, geared against you. Like, if you spend time in school reading, you'll read texts that uh, the teacher recommends that are, like, written from the perspective of a journal, of an ultra-nationalistic uh, general. Like, uh, when you're catching glimpses of the news reports, they're all talking about how these of these awful things you've done. Or, like, I didn't even see a protest flyer there, even though you were making them constantly... Maybe the saddest thing is how when you really listen to what Green is saying as uh, he's talking with you, trying to like do the negotiation, he really believes that uh, he's actually going to get something out of this and he's going to be marked as one of the good ones. Like, he even a reporter mentions about how much he's doing and he's like, oh, thank you so much. I've been waiting my whole life to hear that or the saddest thing that he brings up is oh they tell me that they're gonna fast track my immigration papers because of this like he's getting jack shit out of selling people out but because he's constantly told by this other undercover cop and the rest of society that oh as long as you earn your keep you'll be accepted here he'll just uh continue trying for that and uh Mm -hmm. I really
2: wish I had unlocked this ending because this turn seems so strange to me Like it seems almost counter to what his character was previously, you know.
1: That's because he was acting. Yeah, but um, this
2: is this is why I want to see it because like it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't you know, it Mm -hmm. it seems so counter to it in a in a way that you know doesn't read to me that doesn't sound to me like acting and sounds kind of like a, a. A mechanical flip in a story. So I really wish I had seen it. So I could kind of like judge it
0: for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially considering like. You definitely see more of. uh, Green's goofy side during Pink's. um, During Blue's ending especially. like uh, There's the bit where you end up. Finding uh, Blue's journal. And it's full of. uh, homoerotic real fic about. uh, Purple and green. And then they just start acting it out for Goof's. And, uh, yeah, Green felt a lot more genuine before that ending to me. Like, I ended up liking Green a lot. And, uh, when that shit happened, it was a really sort of, uh, bitter betrayal moment, but also just made me feel really sad for him.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird, weird turn for the character. I guess the only other thing I want to I want to quickly like I guess object to with uh, with the game is that I well okay first of all I just want to mention real quick uh, there was a patch uh, August 5th that did a whole lot of quality of life stuff so we're actually playing the way more accessible version of the game and it's still this much of a pain in the ass Um so I feel bad for anyone who's playing it before this where it was apparently even more arbitrarily, arbitrary and less signposted how to get endings um, but more than that I I just find it kind of frustrating for given this this game's politics that violence is always the wrong answer
2: yeah I think kind of like the way that violence comes up is in a it is always in, like, a very simplistic, like, it, it it's in a really, like, specific and simplistic fri- framework where, like, it's always said that, like, any time one of the characters that you control, like, commits violence, that it will, like, basically, like, psychically rebound onto the immigrant community at large, you know? Like, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, it does feel like a I think it is trying to thread a needle of like sometimes people are forced or like influenced to commit violence or like one of the things that Blue is often often saying in her route is like I don't want to like really hurt this girl but it might come down to like her or me and I want to be able to like defend myself if that kind of thing happens um but then as far as far as I ever played in a game it's like it's always the wrong choice to like go for violence you know the way that you mm-hmm. like there's like combat encounters in this game quote unquote with the with that girl at the bus stop and every you know everything you do in the combat encounter like the the best strategy is always to just stall her and like you know stall her and then the bus arrives and that just kind of like instantly diffuses the conversation in a way that Feels very like simple and clean for a a str- you know uh an a, I, I, what I would say is like an a, a point that you quibble with that the game is trying to make about like how it is possible to handle those situations.
1: Also interesting that I managed to have that fight with her basically once a week and use the exact same tactics to defuse it every week.
2: I think that's I think that's just video games.
1: <laughs> I I know but. I feel like this this game is doing a lot to be like, this isn't video games. This is the real problems people face. And if you do that, you need to grapple with that.
0: Did either of you get the combat to actually work? Because there was a time where I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to hit this motherfucker. But every time the button prompt flashed, like, press key to violence, I pressed that button and it just skips some text forward. So,
1: yeah, I, I got it to work.
0: Oh, okay but yeah it's it's weird because also that you're affecting the rest of the the rest of your people's perception if you end up committing violence is also somewhat discarded in greens like green's ending like at least for the way that it was done for me, like when all the shit shakes out and um blue is um hanging around uh pink and purple again, she's like. You know we've heard all our life about uh how we're we owe something to the other members of our community and stuff like that or how their sins are our sins fuck that we're gonna be our own people we're not going to like do what's best for them we're gonna do what's best for us and uh that seems really counter to everything else that the game is saying and doing yeah it's an odd tone to take Um, so I
2: think, I think for me, it keeps coming back to like how the game is not about like immigrant kids from a specific country to another specific country. And it's always in generalities. I think by having this kind of setup where you can come from any one of these different countries, which are all like, um, analogies to, to real existing countries in the world. I think it, I I think it puts the narrative and on this very kind of like shaky ground where you can't really have specifics and you can only kind of speak in, in generalities and kind of like concepts. Um, And then the game kind of like takes those concepts and is often not very serious with them and is sometimes very serious with them. And I think it really, it, it really, I think kind of undermines a lot of the game's like attempts to, come to thematic points or, like, say things in a a broader sense.
1: Because,
2: like, you can... Like, one of the possible routes in this game is you can, like... Your kids can be from, like, Ireland, you know, a country that is an analogy for Ireland and be living in a country that is, you know, obviously supposed to be England. And that is, you know, that... The experience of, like... Irish immigrants in like another English speaking country is so different from like another scenario that I played where, you know, the kids were like analogous to Pacific Islanders living in China, you know, and that the different kind of like experiences going on there are so materially different in the real world that I think when they are conflated in this game, I think it it feels like you kind of can't say anything really substantial about either of those experiences,
0: you know?
1: Uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, like thematically, I think it's interesting that uh, you're going through these various playthroughs and the kids from your new playthroughs are somewhat aware of what's happened uh, to the other kids or there's a bit of the same energy that is carried forward. I think that is somewhat interesting in terms of like representing a cycle that is both repeating and moving forward through each uh, repetition, but, uh, overall, I, I feel like it somewhat diminishes its message by trying to make it more of a universal thing and just treating. They really do go out of their way to try and make each nation more than just a palette swap in terms of a uh, the dialect and uh... well
1: out of their way is je- they do some things but like I mean listen if you're holding down the skip key it skips anything that is that is the same and thus it will stop whenever there is a change and so you really get the sense of like you're skipping through this huge conversation that you've you've had on a different playthrough and then it stops because someone mentions potatoes instead of radishes. And then it resumes skipping. Like yeah, they do some stuff and I'm, I'm not like, I'm not here to be super critical of it. I just think it's, it's a little generous to say that they change a lot. I don't think they do.
0: I wasn't necessarily saying they changed a lot. Just that I feel like they did try to make it more than just a palette swap. Like, but uh,
1: hmm.
0: yeah, like, even through some of the updates, like, you, I saw certain comments on Itch where people from specific um, countries were pretty unhappy with the way that uh, they were using certain terms and food and things like that wrong. So, yeah, I, I th- it it does seem like despite their best efforts, they did kind of slip up there every now and then. Yeah, I think it's just like not a i don't think
2: i just don't think it's a good approach especially because the countries so obviously parallel real world countries like there is a there's a point in blue's route right where blue is trying to convince pink to like make her weapons to deal with this girl at the bus stop right and then the thing in my route and this was my playthrough where you know the kids were you know an irish analog in a english analog country right and there's a thing where specifically Mm -hmm. pink says like okay, I'll make you this weapon, but, and the line was, don't go using it for any Provo bullshit, okay? And I was like, oh, I being, being an Irish American, I know what that is referencing, and that's referencing, like, a specific faction of the IRA in a specific time and place in kind of, like, relationships between Ireland and England. And it just got me thinking about how, like, I don't think that reference really works considering like what I know about the reputation of the IRA at different times versus like what kids if we're, you know, what kids like of this age, if we're thinking about, you know, this kind of like time period and and blah, blah, blah. And then it got me thinking about how like, in the, in the other versions of this scene, what like real life, you know, political and revolutionary organization is like standing in in the script as like basically just like violent group you know um and i Mm -hmm. don't feel like you can really do that with like 12 different analog you know 12 different fictional countries that are also just real world countries you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that that was one of the most confusing parts like i feel like at some point they should have just Named names in, ter- in terms of the countries instead of uh, like implementing these countries in every way except for their name.
2: It feels like hedging your bets, really, which is mm. why why I want the yeah. specificity. Like, I think if you're going to take this kind of swing, like, do your research and do really detailed research. You know, like pick one, pick one specific kind of like you know diaspora and dynamic, and just like go for it and represent it in a way that feels real whereas this is like I don't think any of I think it feels really unreal in many places
1: yeah I I definitely agree with that Mm -hmm. I know one one of the ones is like basically like you're dealing with the consequences of the fact that your parents were Nazis and I feel like that whole that whole origin just feels very strange Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah um I mean, it was you know I guess I guess it's one of those things where I'm like, I think I'm glad I played it, but at the end of the day, I don't know that I think it succeeds very yeah. much.
2: I, I'm in a similar place, like i I wouldn't say the game is terrible, like I think there were a lot of you know, still a lot of things I enjoy. I think these kids have like in many scenes have good interactions um I like watching them bullshit around um in the bunker. um I was like i ha- i actually did have some quibbles with the way that like the soundtrack was used it felt a little clunky in some places but like you know some of the songs i think you know were like good at setting a mood and things like that but there was also a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. was just difficult to to push through um and then and then a lot of things that felt unsatisfying once i had pushed through and and seen them so yeah hmm.
1: uh frustrated by the choice to make that one like vocal track play anytime you hit the menu once you've triggered the protest not satisfying to hear like a very energetic guitar and three words and then move on to the next thing
0: yeah the music doesn't loop in the best way but i did somewhat i was somewhat into the way that uh for certain tracks and for certain interactions like Each character had their own instrument associated with them while they were, when it was their turn to more or less speak or get their feelings out. And, uh, it's, it really emphasizes how sometimes they're just a bunch of four knuckleheaded team teens who are, uh, often making very discordant conversations with one another, but, uh, There's a energy and a good vibe to it that uh, really pulled me in. You really
2: are knuckleheaded teens. teens.
0: I love the bit where... (laughs) I love the bit where you're just making the instruments or getting into a dance party and suddenly all the ren P sprites are um, bobbing up and down. I love the little (laughs) jumping animation
2: from whenever a character is like... um... They use it for a few different things. It's not always for dancing, which makes it even funnier that they just kind of like flip and go up and down. It's very, that part's very charming. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's good parts. I just feel like we we had some implementation and also some conceptual missteps that were really
0: significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really wish I had seen the full ending, because it probably wouldn't have fixed all my problems with it, but uh, overall I feel like I would have better understood the... It just helps to understand the full message of something if you're able to see all of it.
1: Totally. Yeah, but they do not make it really doable. Mm. So
2: video video games um, being one of the only mediums that can like eject you from the video game. Um it's come back to bite us. <laughs> Indeed. You know, as the old joke goes.
0: Yeah. overall I, I kind of hope that more people play it so that uh, they I see what it's about and hopefully
1: create guides for us.
0: <laughs> yes, great guides for us too. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you if you know how to get the true ending in Four Horseman,
2: please email.
1: Uh, listen, if you if you if you do that, I will follow up next episode having gotten the true ending, and I will talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll
2: go. I'll go for it. I'll commit to that too.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Make the true end <laughs> pledge. <laughs>
0: I'm... Um. So, Six, did we get any uh,
2: questions? I'm saving myself for the true um, end. Marriage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but haven't you heard? Marriage is just the beginning. Oh, shit. Uh, yes, uh, we got an email from Kim. Uh, hiya, I worked my way through most of the smaller arcs of the game before even getting a step towards unlocking the big one, and I feel that gave me a lot of early positive Uh, feelings towards the structure that i ended up resenting the game scenes feel extremely patchwork in a lot of weird ways an elderly undercover cop showing up acting like she knew me when i'd never run into her before the first day after we organized a protest i got a scene of how much it was wearing the team down and i never actually ended up building up the protest that much before it forced me into a final collection of scenes for that route and i could only get to the purple boys of famine i think that's again from the email uh, Root once and never managed to do it again for a better ending. My questions are, what game do you think could be improved by featuring a slowly growing protest at its core? Uh, what are your favorite games where the characters are into and reference their favorite anime, Love the Pod, by. So first question, what game or games could be improved by showing a slowly growing organized protest at the core?
2: Hmm. I just, huh. I just have an idea for, like, genre, you know? I think it could be cool to have, like... Mm. I always think it's kind of cool in, like, an open-world game where, like, some, you know, the map will kind of, like, change significantly. I don't know. I think it could be cool if you have one of those open-world games where you're, like, in a neighborhood or a city and you see kind of, like, you know, this movement building and, like, it, it would, you know, affect things in the neighborhood, your character's, like, ability to move around easily or something like that. I think that could be cool, but... Being that I don't play very many types of these games myself, I have trouble coming up with a specific answer.
1: I want to take a moment to shout out uh, Anarcute, a game I've played um, and written about, actually, um, which is a a French indie game that is like, sort of like Pikmin Wonderful 101, where you're playing as, uh, basically, like, uh, a riot that has had enough and is going to tear down the fascist regime um, and you do build up and you and like the threat escalates and I honestly found it to be like both fun and have surprisingly quite good politics um, that that is a game that has a slowly growing organized protest at its huh. core it's good shit play in our cute yeah I
0: more or less agree with the uh... Olivia's answer regarding it's cool when open world games uh, have dramatic shifts like that. Like, I might be misremembering this, but I feel like one of the infamous games had something like that a little bit as uh, people got used to other people around them having superpowers and things like that. But, uh, I also think it was kind of. I also think it's kind of neat how in. Uh, I feel like this was an element of Suzerain a little bit where. You kind of watched as um, a certain unrest grew around you. So I feel like it is a good fit for strategy games to
1: mm-hmm.
0: have uh, protests as well.
1: Actually, since you mention it, um, Total War Three Kingdoms has a similar mechanic for its uh, its like uh, yellow scarf rebellion DLC, where it's like like dissatisfaction sort of spreads like a wildfire. Um, it's really unsatisfying if you're playing anyone but the protesters, I will say, because it's, it's so contagious. It is it is worse than smallpox. It's just everywhere. Um, but if you want to play a yellow turban and be like, yeah, no, you're right. The emperorship is bullshit. It's very satisfying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, fa- I'm like so fascinated by the mechanical conflation of like protest and disease. From from the from <laughs> I know. like a, a strategy thing. I don't know. Waypoint pitch me. <laughs>
1: it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, especially with the the Yellow Scarf slash Turban Rebellion, depending on, you know, your your preferred translation. Um it's because all the stories from that era are of course about, you know, the like the noble heroes of the land. They were right. <laughs> It's just a bunch of people being like, "Hey, you just oppress us and rob us and don't do anything for us. Fuck you!" They were right, but they're always the villains. They're always the monsters. Sometimes they're li- in in uh, the one of the more recent Gundam adaptations. They're literally portrayed as zombies. Fuck off! They were right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that that was such a weird touch for a anime that uh, that felt very. Cutesy otherwise, because it's a bunch of chibi Gundam robots uh, hanging out and stuff like that, but yeah. It, well, the
1: alternative is they're just cutting down people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love to, I love to be, I love love to be a peasant
2: revolt with legitimate grievances represented in popular culture.
1: Ah, uh, the dream, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, what, what was the other question? Uh,
1: Uh, the other question was uh, sorry I accidentally closed the tab Um, what are your favorite games where the characters are into and reference their favorite anime Uh, to be honest I hate (laughs) it
2: (laughs) I do feel like any time like This honestly happens in real life. I feel like any time I've ever heard anyone, writer, fictional character, an actual friend of mine, describe the qualities of anime, I start getting angry and defensive and being like, that's not true. You're just coming up with some bullshit.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I get... You know, actually... I I, I am okay with it sometimes when it's a fictional anime they invented. Like, I'm okay with it in No More Heroes with the fucking shmup he's obsessed with. That's all right. But also, part of the point of No More Heroes is what a complete piece of shit Travis is. So, you know.
0: Yeah, like, the most prominent example in my mind isn't really an anime, but more like a fictional TV show. Like, uh... In Watch Dogs 2, one of the things that uh, Marcus and Wrench uh, immediately bond over is uh, how much they enjoy the same series of uh, movies and shows. I think they do some real references, but it's not in a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. It's just two people that are very excitedly talking about the shit they love. And uh, it felt very honest and genuine in a way that uh, most other media that talks about people liking a thing typically doesn't so uh yeah i watch talks 2 has some pretty fucking good moments
1: all right fair enough uh yeah that's i mean that's that's the email thank you for uh emailing in kim uh if you want to email in uh jen jen what where do they go what do they do
0: um they can email abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com and uh Typically just include Novel Not New and uh, either the game that we're going to be talking about that episode or anything else if you want to email about anything else. And uh, yeah, yeah you we're always need, happy you, to get questions.
1: Yeah, questions can be about pretty much anything. Once again, so.
2: there is a $7,000 bounty for the true end to Four Horsemen. <laughs> Payable by the US federal government. <laughs> Joe Biden still owes me Joe Biden still owes me some stimulus checks He's good for it
1: He he owes everybody a lot of money But You know I actually I had a dream the other night Where the (laughs) the State of the Union was literally just I realize I owe all of you $10,000 I am not going to pay you And then he (laughs)
2: left (laughs) Uh, Supposedly the the treasury money Is going to run out the day before my birthday Which is going to be fun
0: <laughs> They're talking about minting a trillion dollar coin to be like, okay, yeah, everything's good now. Just because money's just so fucking fake. It's a
1: bullshit. <laughs> 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 wow, listen to these, listen to these socialists.
2: Money money is huh? a deal. They made it up. It
1: was created by, it was created by a writer. Was
2: created by a writer. fucking jonathan Frakes with a 20 dollar bill not this time
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's false nope
2: we got you this time we got you there
1: (laughs) all right well i think we're done one one last one yeah have you
2: ever provided labor in exchange for a paycheck?
1: Wait, are, are you doing Jonathan Frakes? Or are you doing <laughs> the creator of Spock? It's, it's specifically uh,
2: Jonathan Frakes in those TV intros.
1: Yeah, I know, but there's also the like the the Seth MacFarlane intros, which have um uh, they they're of a similar style, but a much more demented energy. Tell me, I've you've seen, seen the one
2: those. where he's like and he has no one to blame but himself and me. I'm Todd McFarlane, <laughs> creator of Spawn. <laughs>
1: well, there's also the one where he's like, have you ever Have you ever been given the choice to, like, <laughs> to, like, hang out with the devil in hell or watch your best friend fuck your wife? Hi, I'm Ted McFarlane. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on, my guy? <laughs>
0: yeah, those, those HBO intros are something else.
1: <sighs> anyway.
0: Yeah. It seems like a good time to bring up the game recovering next, which is uh, Heart of the Woods, a um, visual novel that is uh, that has been pitched to me multiple times as a supernatural gay ghost story. The so, trepidation
1: um, in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the like... first supernatural gay ghost story we've covered, Jen.
0: That is true.
1: <laughs>
2: There's that supposed is to true. be a trans and, um, on this one,
0: I think. Yes, played by a uh, trans woman even, so voice wise, so that's Mm. pretty cool. But yeah, it's out on PC. It's out on everything. It's out on PC, Mac, Linux, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox, all that shit. It it's pay fifteen, put fifteen dollars into the wild, and you can get a copy of Heart of the Woods. On your preferred platform. Just throw it
2: out your window, and it will be delivered to you.
0: <laughs> I would try exactly.
1: that, but there's construction happening out my window, and i better This there construction
2: was just happening out of my window.
1: Wow, we're linked truly, in spirit, ch- and truly. Misery. All
2: human experience is refracted across time. <laughs> <laughs> Six and I, Six and I finally meet, and we're just palette swaps of the same person.
1: <laughs> Point my homemade gun at you I found uh, a bullet with your Twitter handle on it
2: <laughs> Oh shit
1: Wait what? Wait what was it? For the folks at home? And also so I can write it on this I
2: don't <laughs> know what you're talking about officer I've never used Twitter in my life <laughs> Actually my Twitter is locked right now So
1: I'm oh so, nice so, good uh, shit
2: next, li- next time listen
1: honestly honestly I mean you don't have to unlock it I mean, imagine if it was just this exclusive lo- club that you're like sorry an you're not on the list an exclusive
2: <laughs> for me and all 370 of my closest friends <laughs> honestly my only issue so far has been that I wanted people to retweet my podcast announcements and I was like right can unlock
1: yet. Yeah. Fair enough. Alright, well if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at six detmar S I X D E T T M A R. You can find my work at scanlandmedia.com or patreon.com slash I do a lot of podcasts, I occasionally do writing. Sometimes I even do a little streaming. Um, I'm just unstoppable in that manner.
0: Yeah, and you can find me in most of the same places. Like um, you can find my writing at scanlinemedia.com a bunch of the other stuff at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and uh, my twitter handle is at jbu3 and uh with that we're gonna bring this uh, episode to a close Quick oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) thank you for the jump scare six yeah that actually that actually
2: did kind of get me
1: <laughs> I do it every time. Yeah, but it was particularly Not, like, vehement this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to keep—I've got to keep finding ways to surprise and delight you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, delight—that's that, the word for it. <laughs> but yeah, I- until next time, um, we'll see you later, and I'll uh, look forward to talking about Hard the Wood soon. Oh,
1: bye bye. Peace.